0: Welcome to the Black Mass. The listing in the KPFA folio for tonight's broadcast was Lazarus by Andreyev, But that story is being substituted this evening by another. We will have Lazarus ready for you later in the season. However, we are fortunate with tonight's presentation to have the assistance of several distinguished members of our theatrical community. Here is Norma Jean Wanvig as Julia, Martin Punch as Stephen, and Nancy Punch as Ellen in another in our series of adaptations from the tales of Ambrose Bierce. This evening, The Moonlit Road.
1: You haven't touched your tea, Mr. Stephen. Shall I warm it?
2: Don't fuss, Ellen. Please don't fuss.
1: Sherry, then.
2: No, I have it here.
1: Well, this pill will be more comfortable.
2: Oh, Ellen, stop. I'm not helpless yet. What you can do is close the terrace window. There's a draft again.
1: Oh, Mr. Stephen, but the window's closed. There's no draft. Not from here.
2: Not open? Good off, feel, Oh, yes, well... Never mind, then.
1: It's a chill you have, Mr. Stephen. And I'm going to have Billy fetch Dr. Benson.
2: For God's sake, stop, Ellen. Stop it. Get Billy to stoke up the fire, and that's all. Now, let me alone.
1: Yes, sir.
2: No. Not a draft? Well, they'll have the house to themselves now soon enough. As you can see, I am the most unfortunate of men. I am rich, and I am respected and well-educated and, until just recently, of sound health. I'm the only child of Joel and Julia Hetman. My father was a well-to-do country gentleman. His wife, my mother, was a beautiful and obedient woman to whom he was passionately attached with what I now can suspect was a jealous and exacting devotion. The details that I can relate hardly add up to a story. Indeed, they could fit together in any number of ways. I've imagined all sorts. With feelings so opposed that they've worn down finally to no feeling at all. doesn't matter now. It ought never Briefly, then, I was a student at Yale. One day, I received a telegram from my father of such urgency that, in compliance with its unexplained demand, I, I left at once for home.
3: Father? Father? Uh, Stephen. Uh, Stephen, this way. Uh, Stephen, it's terrible to have to tell you this way. Well... Tell me, for God's sake, what is it? Uh, Your mother. It's your mother, Stephen. What's happened?
2: She's ill. Dying. Father, now what's happened? She's
3: dead, Stephen.
2: But how?
3: Murdered. Barbarously murdered. Murdered?
2: Why? About who?
3: We don't know. We don't know. We don't know anything.
0: I had gone to, to Nashville. I didn't expect to be back before the following afternoon. Uh, well,
3: there was a complication, and I returned home the same night. It was late, nearly nearly dawn. I found I had no latchkey. I didn't want to wake the servant, so I walked around to the back. I don't know why. The doors are always locked. Um, but to my surprise, the back door was open. It was standing open, as if someone had just used it. Uh, I entered and went upstairs to your mother's room. In the darkness, I stumbled over I'll spare you the details, save to say that she was already dead. Strangulation.
2: But why? Was anything taken from the house? Uh, nothing. So far as we could see. But what about the servants? Hadn't
3: they heard any sound? Uh, no, no, nothing. And the assassin. Is there no trace of him? Uh, nothing but those uh, terrible finger marks on her throat. Dear God, that I may forget them. I gave up
2: my studies and remained with my father. He was greatly changed. He had always been of a sedate, taciturn disposition. Now he had fallen into so deep a dejection that nothing could hold his attention. Yet anything could arouse him to a fitful interest. A footfall, a sudden entrance. One might have called it an apprehension.
3: Eh? Hey. Hey, eh, who's there? Who, who is it?
2: It's only me, Father.
3: Oh. Oh, come in. Uh. Well, don't stand there in the dark that way.
2: Uh, shall we take
3: our walk this evening? No.
0: No, oh, the garden's chilly and I'm tired. I think I'll go to my room directly.
2: I worry about you, Father. Uh, I know that this whole thing has been terrible for you, but you've become too melancholy. Have you taken to sleepwalking as well? Sleepwalking? Why? last night. Didn't you enter my room? I heard steps along the hall, and then my door opened. Someone stood there in the doorway. I thought it was you, and I called out. When I turned on the light, you'd gone. Got to the door only soon enough to see your door closing down the hall. Wasn't it you, Father? Can you remember?
3: No. No, no, it it wasn't me. It must have been your mother. She worries if you come in. Yes, yes, I remember. She got up during the night and then came back. She couldn't have. Stephen, what are you trying to do? 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 Isn't it bad enough for me now? Must you make things worse with your, your fantasies, your, your imagining? Well, it might have been a servant. Uh, it must have been Ellen. Uh, She's
2: always doting over you. Well, I only wondered that it... Well, if it wasn't you, it might have been... Uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean that the assassin might have returned, might still be in the house. That That's n- nonsense. Uh, nonsense. Why? He's never been found. He's still... Uh, somewhere? Uh, yes, I suppose. Father, have you told me everything that happened that night? Of course. What else? Why do you ask? Because it doesn't make sense. Mother was adored by everyone. She was the kindest woman who ever walked the earth.
3: No sane creature could possibly want to hurt her. Sane? Why, why do you say sane? Father, did she have a love? Stephen. Was that
2: it? Uh, Is that who opened the back door that night you came back from Nashville? Are you hiding that from me to save her memory? Oh, stop! He might have done it. I could imagine that. Mother loved you. I know that. She was devoted to you. She'd never have been unfaithful. But she was kind to everyone. I can imagine his jealousy, his fury at her refusing him. Stephen, stop this. Well, what did happen? She was murdered. Isn't that enough? Enough? Yes. But is it enough for her? Uh. Is she still here in this house? Does she haunt us, searching for her lover or her
3: murderer? Does she blame us, father? Stephen, let it alone. For God's sake, let it alone.
2: never saw her, but I was convinced that her ghost walked the house. The terrible cold of the presence of the dead was everywhere. Perhaps he saw her. I could not. But there were moments at night. Stephen. Oh, Stephen. Mother! Stephen. The iciness of the grave. Smell of decay. No, I won't see your I can't. But I imagined I saw her face, hideous, white with hate, rotting, rotting. No, no, go away. I am not your assassin.
3: I am not your assassin.
2: one night a few months later my father and I were returning home from our evening's walk a full moon was high above the horizon and the road save for the black shadows of the bordering trees was a ghostly white as we approached the gate of our dwelling my father suddenly stopped he clutched my arm father what's the matter There,
3: there, there what is that
2: I see nothing, Father. There. There at the
3: gate, directly ahead. There's
2: there. nothing, Father. Come on now, we'd better go in. No. You're ill.
3: No, go away. Ah, oh, go away. Father, what do you see? No, Julia, no. No.
2: I tried to follow Hello. him, but for some reason couldn't move from the spot. Go away. The chill had touched my face. Julia. It was all about me.
3: Julia. I
2: couldn't turn my head. No. I turned to look for my father he was gone and in all the years that have passed no whisper of his fate has reached me I remained here my youth of brilliant parts and promise faded its life blood drained sifted into the darkness and the silence of this house Voices seek me out, I hear them not, but of only doubt, doubt, doubt in emptiness.
3: drink up drink up tomorrow Uh, today I suppose you'd say I was alive tomorrow well there's no tomorrow no yesterday there's nothing beyond that forest those trees that's all I can remember back to forest 20 years ago Came out of a forest. Made my way across the country. All the way... to this... place. Well, that was something. That was something. I didn't even know my name. I I called myself... I call myself Casper. <laughs> Casper. Every, everyone wants to know, what's your name? What's your name? In this world, everyone must have a name. It, it prevents confusion, even when it does not establish our identity. Casper prevented confusion and spent 20 years trying to find a, a comfortable way to die. There, there's some small light, though, of a past. I don't believe it. I can't believe it. That's the only thing that seems like a recollection, even if it's wrong or confused. The only thing I have of that life. Two scenes that play over and over. First, there's a house, a big house, owned by a prosperous planter. There's a there's a woman, a beautiful woman, but like a child. And a boy, their son, he's a vague figure, never clear, usually not there at all. The father loves the wife terribly. But he's tortured by, by a fear that she doesn't belong to him. He, he, he can seem to believe her devotion, her love. And, and, and he's reduced to vulgar and commonplace ways of testing her. One day... One day he goes to the city. He tells her, ''I'll be gone till the next afternoon.'' "'But I come back. I come back that night "'and go to a rear door that I had left unlocked. "'It's dark all round the house, "'but as I approach, I hear something. "'The door is open, and a figure, a man. "'I thought it was a man. I feared it was a man.' Sometimes now I can't even believe it was human. He, he hid it straight for me, then just disappeared in the dark. I didn't know where to chase him. So intensely did my, my, my jealousy and rage fill me I didn't search. I rushed into the house, and up the stairs, up the stairs to her room, and I pushed open her door... I saw the bed. Vaguely. The covers tossed about. I went to it. Empty. She was gone. Escaped. Or oh, hiding. Hiding? I looked, I looked about in the darkness. I walked straight to a corner where she knelt against the wall. I could see her face, the terror in her eyes. The guilt, the guilt, ah, her hands went at her throat. I kneeled on her struggling body, and there, there in the darkness, I strangled, strangled her till she was dead. Dead, dead, dead. No, it never happened. It never happened. I don't believe it. I was possessed. Uh, Possessed by something or someone. But it's all I have. It's all that comes from me. And I go over it again and again. Now, there's another scene... Another dream, another vision of the night. I stand among shadows along a moonlit road. Someone is with me, but I cannot see who. But there's another presence ahead, where the road ends at a gate, in the shadow of the large house. I catch the gleam of white garments. Then the figure of a woman before me on the road. Her, her, my wife, Julia, murdered, death in the face, marks, marks on the throat. eyes are fixed on mine with an, an infinite sadness. Sadness, not hate. Not menace, but the apparition terrifies me. Terrifies me. Still terrifies me. She still reaches out to me here. No. No. Drink up. Drink up. Oh, wipes it out. Wipes it out. For a little while. For a little while.
1: Stephen. Stephen. No. No, go away.
2: I am not your necessity.
1: It's no use. And it only confuses me why he's so fearful. He doesn't see me, he never saw me. I can't imagine what he would see now. But fear has no sense at all. It's crazy. Just crazy. It makes horrible things out of those who want only kindness and some peace. I keep wandering among these scenes, these rooms, in search of something that just doesn't matter anymore what really happened. No one seems to know. Joel's gone and there's only Stephen left for a little while. Stephen's my son. He wasn't here at the time. He was away at college. Joel wasn't here either. He'd gone to Nashville on some business and was staying the night. i had retired early and fallen into a peaceful sleep, but then I awoke. The house seemed more than usually quiet. I had a strange sense of danger, of something. Not that I was afraid of being alone. I was often alone, but this was different. There was a chill as one waits for a thing long imagined or feared. And the feeling grew as I lay there. I felt as if I were lying straight and cold in my coffin. The white satin around my head. The smell of dried flowers. A little bouquet I held in my hand. I wanted to pull my fingers apart but couldn't, as in a dream. No. No. I strained for some sign of life in me. And then... Oh. I could feel my heart pounding. It was a dream. I sat up in the dark and listened. My own heart was the only sound at first. I listened and... After a while, I wondered if the beating came from inside me or somewhere else. I tried to hear which, and then, as if my own fears had decided, had reached out into the dark house and began to assemble some figure, something. I heard it first on the stairway from the back entrance just below my room. a soft. Irregular sound of footfalls on the stairs. It was slow, hesitant, uncertain, as of something that did not see its way. To my disordered reason, all the more terrifying for that as the approach of some blind and mindless malevolence to which there is no appeal. I said that fear has no brains, it's an idiot. But this had a growing purpose. taking shape as it approached my door and then stood there. I heard the breath. He hesitated, his hand on the door. And it, it turned and went away down the stairs hurriedly as if in sudden fear I arose to call for help. But hardly had my shaking hand found the door. When I heard it returning, it ran up the stairs, shaking the house. I fled to a corner of the room and crouched on the floor. I, I tried to cry out. I tried to call Joe, my husband, but suddenly it was in the room, searching me out. Oh, it had gone to the bed and stopped there and turned and came directly to me. I felt a strangled clutch upon my throat. I beat feebly, feebly against something that barbed backwards.
3: I felt my tongue thrust itself between my teeth.
1: And then I passed into this life. No, I have no knowledge of what it was. The sum of what we know at death is the measure of what we know afterwards. No new light falls upon any page of it. In memory is written all that we can read. We hide in the dark and peer out into the dim light of the present and the fading past. But there is one more scene, a night. We know when it is night, for then you retire to your houses, and we can venture from our places of concealment to move unafraid about our old home, to look in at the windows, even to enter rooms and gaze upon your faces as you sleep. I could see my husband Joel and Stephen. How strange they looked, how lone had they loved me after all, they were saddened and aged by my departure. I tried so often to make them see me, some way to let them know I was here and send them my great love and pity, but always if I dared approach, awake them in their sleep. They would turn toward me, the terrible eyes of the living, frightening me. And I would hesitate, as if my hand was now upon the door, and turn away. On this night I had searched for them, but they were nowhere in the house. I looked about the moonlit lawn, and then moved in the white light along the path to the gate. Suddenly, I saw them on the road. They had stopped walking and were looking toward the house. I heard their voices. They stood in the shadow of a group of trees.
3: They stood near,
1: so near. Their faces were turned toward me. And Joel, Joel's eyes were fixed on mine. He saw me. At last, he saw me. All my terror and hesitation was gone. He sees... He sees he will understand. I moved forward, smiling and consciously beautiful, to offer myself to his arms, to comfort him, to speak words that would restore the broken bonds between the living and the dead. Joel. 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 But his face went white with fear. His eyes were those of a hunted animal. He backed away and ran. Ran right into the woods. He never returned. Maybe he died. And wanders about some other places I do here. And Stephen... Poor Stephen is left even more alone. I've never been able to make him know that I'm here, watching him, longing to care for him as a mother should. But soon he too must pass to this life invisible and be lost to me. Lost. Lost.
3: Oh, Mr. Stephen, but the window's closed. There's no dread.
0: That was The Moonlit Road by Ambrose Bierce. The technical production was by John Whiting. The part of Julia was played by Norma Jean Wanvig. Stephen was played by Martin Ponch with Nancy Punch as Ellen. The part of Joel and the adaptation was by your host of the Black Mass, Eric Bowersfeld. And now, good night.